0: Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: And welcome to another installment of Andy's Philosophy Corner right here on the Steel Plaza podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a heck of a year and we are going to try to wrap up, try to make a little bit of sense of what actually went down this year. You know, it's it's. It's hard to say for sure, and uh, we might not get all the answers here tonight, but to help me out is the station producer and senior vice president, Adam. How are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Hey, listen, down is up, up is down, left is right, right is left. We don't know what's been going on in this past year. We don't know if COVID started. We don't know if it ended. We don't know if it's still happening. But we do know that the word exists. So there's so much going on that getting down the brass tacks is probably the best thing right now. Is there a cure? We don't know. Do things work for it? We don't know. We only know what we're told by the media and our doctors and our employers and our physicians that are making suggestions. This might work. Try it. It might not work. Try it. So right now, everybody's just grasping at straws, grasping at things falling out of the sky. Wouldn't you agree? Well,
1: I think it fits very neatly into the uh, uh, philosophical category of epistemology. How do we know what we know? How can you be sure of this or that? Uh, There is a. It's been a year of competing narratives. There's sort of the official narrative, and this goes for COVID or anything, but it seems like there's the official narrative that you get from your traditional and multinational billion-dollar outfits. There's that story, which are kind of all singing the same tune. But sure. when, when you go onto new media platforms like Rumble, like DLive, like Odyssey, like Gab, you will find things you won't find anywhere else. And what's even better than that is you can say things that you can't say anywhere else.
2: There's that. And like you said, they're all reading off the same sheet of music. And then you go to those sites and now, uh uh-oh, where did this diminished chord come from? If you're speaking of music, uh uh-oh, what is that augmented fifth? Uh that that doesn't fit. That does not fit the typical pattern, right? Yeah. You know, so. Sure. Sure. It's uh,
1: I mean, to uh, um, in the vernacular, there's been a lot of times when you can honestly say that ain't the way I heard it.
2: Exactly. That's not the way I heard it. It's not in four or four. It doesn't fit the tempo. So now it's hard to listen to, right? So if you hear something that's not in four or four, everything else is a little bit different to listen to and it's, it's hard because it's not comfortable you know if you want to talk about musical terms
0: mm-hmm.
2: right
1: um i i sense that there is uh something dissonant you know uh not all of the instruments are in the same key or maybe in the same time signature to continue with the analogy as a musician you can tell when something's kind of off and it's oh gonna,
2: yeah
1: or you figure out what's wrong what's wrong and it may take you quite a while to find out but this harkens back to uh plato's republic uh book three section 401d in which plato writes and i quote there is no more potent instrument than musical training end quote he goes on to uh describe that as a musician you you spend so much time fine-tuning your senses and your ears. And if you're even a tiny bit off in tempo or in tuning, you notice and you notice it in other things too. Uh, have have you had a similar feeling, Adam, over the last year that, uh,
2: you know, something's not quite right? I have. and And it's that same thing. Where you know, we'll go back to an example of music from, you know, that's what I do. I do the music, Darkest Corners of the World, everything like that. And, you you know, you're tuning up, everybody's playing the song, something's out of tune. You can't tell who it is, but something's off, right? And it could be just maybe one person has, you know, one string on their guitar, their bass, whatever it may be, slightly out of tune, and you hear it, and it kind of makes you do a hard pause and say, hold on a second, something's off here. And to just go along with it is what a lot of people are doing now. I'm just going to go along with this, you know, and I'm going to go along with what's being taught, what's, what's being sold, what's being told. I don't think that's the way to go. I think we need to figure out what's out of tune
1: there's a famous quote by I believe HL Mencken who said that most people would rather just most people don't want to be free, they just want to be safe.
2: There's that. Uh, yeah, that that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Most people yeah. couldn't be bothered with dipping their toes in, into the pool uh of insecurities.
1: Well, you would be faced with some buyers remorse. Uh true story, my uh uh, my teenage child recently told me how upset they were when uh, one day uh, I told them that Santa Claus isn't real.
2: Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, it's the sort of thing where you find out that, abs- I mean, yes. Yeah, so, OK, Christmas is past now. OK, it's now uh, recording this on December 27th. Uh, there ain't no Santa Claus.
2: There ain't no Santa Claus, right? There ain't no Easter Bunny either. So, <laughs> yeah. right. right. So think about,
1: think about how society finds a reason to, uh, well, first of all, justify lying. And I get it. Okay, there used to be a guy, Saint Nicholas, he gave out presents, but then, you know, the story just got a little bit out of hand and ridiculous, and it was told by. Parents, teachers and everybody that it is real. And this takes us directly back. And I want you to chime in in a second. But this takes us back uh, directly back to the story of Plato's cave, where people are um, uh, uh, chained inside a cave their entire lives. And all they ever see are two dimensional images on the wall, the shadows of things passing by. But one prisoner breaks free, goes out and sees the real world comes back to the cave and says, you must come with me. This isn't real. People will fight
2: to keep their chains. Right. Thoughts. So this is the same thing. Okay. So we talked about what's, what is convenient to lie about, right? So here's the thing. Here's, here's why it's convenient for the government. They don't want, there are so many people in the world. I'm not just saying America, that are so paranoid of everything right there's a lot of hypochondriacs there's a lot of that going on too so if you want to go back to even disclosure of unidentified flying objects right so they gave it to us little by little spoon fed right the navy right they have video right the air force they have video and in the most recent years including this year They've been spoon-feeding, just drip-feeding, right, into the feeding tube that, hey, yeah, they do exist. Hey, we have uh, a program to look into it, but we're not going to tell you that we have way more information because if we just say, boom, here's everything, there's going to be a populace, right? There's going to be groups. There's going to be giant pools of people that are going to have heart attacks instantly, if they knew everything. That's why that's why there's that drip feed. And that's the that's the convenient lie. It's not a lie. It's a cover up. But a cover up could be a lie. Right. But you're the, you can justify it by saying I'm not lying because I'm telling you a little bit of truth at a time.
1: Well, sure. I mean, it's suppose uh, you. I go to buy a pack of cigarettes, you know, and the person says, how are you today? You know, I can, I mean, in in situation like that, I mean, it's really just a greeting. I mean, I'm not going to tell them that. Uh, <laughs> well, well
2: I'm it, glad you asked. Let me tell you how <laughs> I am. <yeah>. Back
1: <laughs> you know? hurts and uh, geez, my uh, uh, like an old friend's mad at me and I broke a string on my guitar. No, no, that's not. But uh, <laughs> it's I mean, even in situations where people know each other quite well. There are ways to respond to questions with truthful answers that are just vague enough that you can avoid being sort of completely like the the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You can keep it vague. That's one. And I mean, in polite conversation, I think that's something all adults, most adults hopefully
2: eventually learn how to do. But um, <clears throat> But I always somebody somebody asks me if someone asks me, how are you doing? How are you? I say good enough, better than most, I suppose. And that's 100 percent true. And you could use that for any situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So. But it is the information age and this in this type of discussion has really never been more critical to follow up on Plato's cave. Uh, with two more contemporary examples, many people have heard of Stockholm Syndrome,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just very, very quickly, uh,
2: there your
1: Stockholm, where a number of people were kidnapped, and over yeah. over the following days, they grew to love their captors, much like the people in Plato's cave fought to keep their
2: chains. It's a weird that's a weird brain shift, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you could even use a Stockholm syndrome as as the workplace, you know what I mean? Like you, you get you get a job, right? You're happy that you have the job. Now you've got the job, right? And you're completely miserable, right? But then you like look at stuff like, well, I have to keep this job in order to pay for this, to pay for that, pay that whatever. So now you're accepting that I have this terrible job, but there's nothing I can do but make the best of it, right? So now you're giving yourself Stockholm syndrome. Would you agree?
1: Well well yeah, I think it definitely involves something inside the person's own mind in order for it to work. Oh um, yeah. Now now an even newer and sexier example of Plato's cave.
2: Oh, here
1: we (laughs) go. Would be the Matrix, you know, and you have many characters who were, of course, the uh uh Neo, the protagonist, was born inside the Matrix, and he is your classic example of someone breaking free of their chains and leaving Plato's cave and finding out that there is a whole another dimension. Right. Right. Kind of what it is. It's like adding a new dimension. People were used to a two dimensional image of something, and now they they finally encounter the real thing, or as Neo says in The Matrix when he comes out of the hibernation weird thing, <laughs> he says, Why do my eyes hurt? And he is told, because he's never used them before. Consider the other characters in the Matrix. You had that one guy who was brought out of the Matrix and the real world is no picnic he wants to go back and so he ends up being a turncoat but he 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 wants to go back to the illusion and people have so much invested in a reality and it is that it's an investment and to tell somebody you must abandon your investment. People do not easily let go of that. Whereas Mark Twain said, it is easier to lie to someone than it is to convince them that they've
2: been lied to. Adam That's very true. That's very true. Now, uh I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you this and I want your thoughts on this. So have you ever had to leave a job not because you were doing a, a poor job at your job, at your occupation, but you had to leave a job because you were just so severely unhappy. You just basically cut the bungee cord and just jumped. Uh, and that's I think that's the hardest thing anybody could ever do because if you quit a job, right, and then go for another job, the next interviewer at the new job, they ask you, have you ever quit a job before? Why did you quit? And that's the hardest thing to answer because you, <laughs> nine times out of 10, you were miserable. Nine times out of 10, you were miserable. And the misery came from the occupation itself. You didn't want to quit, but you had to because it was at a point where you had to break that chain, right? You had to, you had to just go full scent. You had to go full scent and break the chain because you were just so miserable you couldn't take it anymore, right? And – That is the hardest thing to transition into another job with. Have you ever quit a job? Yes, I have. Yeah. And they say, why? Well, I was miserable. Why were you miserable? And whatever the case might be, co-workers were terrible. Boss was terrible. But you can't say that because that makes you sound like you are, you know, an unstable worker, unstable employee. You know what I mean? What what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um. That is a tricky situation to be in. You're not sure um, what answer they're hoping for. And you're also not sure if you should just tell them what they want to hear.
2: Yeah, uh, it's the thing. Tell them what they want to hear. Yeah.
1: I mean, I again, I think uh, ethically with this sort of thing, I mean, I think that's on a case-by-case basis. I am, I have become skilled enough to answer questions very generally. Um, you know, to sort of uh, avoid that. But that's very difficult. You know, it's an awkward position. So I was, uh, um, we can come back to this, but I was also just sort of thinking about what were some of the biggest news stories of the year? And uh, what were some of the biggest news stories a year ago, you suppose?
2: So if we want to talk about news stories, right, we want to talk about, Okay, so everybody was 100% in for canceling people, right? Everybody Mm. wanted to cancel somebody. Okay, so you go uh, to whatever it is. You know, you're on social media. KDK posts a news story. Somebody makes a comment someone else didn't like. Someone takes a screenshot, sends it to that person's employer. They're fired, canceled, right? We can think yep. about how many times this happened. There was a lady, uh, Bank of New York Mellon, lost her entire entire livelihood because she disagreed with something someone said on KDTA's post about some sort of event that was happening. It was screenshotted and she was put on the cross, nailed to it, right? Digitally, virtually. It got to her employer. She was fired. Right. So that's what it came down to. And, and that's that's just a very localized version of canceling someone completely. And I, I think that's that was the huge thing of the past year. The hugest news story, canceling people. Do you agree?
1: Well, it's certainly uh, nothing Our our They had to worry about a generation ago. It's it's a brand new phenomenon. We are we are in the very beginnings of this information age. And there's that level of almost too much accountability, you know, and you get the sense of people reporting on their neighbors.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And where, and where does that date back to? I believe that would be World War II.
1: <laughs> well, it's. I recently watched the movie Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. I recently watched the m- movie Nuremberg, which was very good, even though it starred Alec Baldwin. <laughs> anyway, so.
2: Trigger happy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the the, the <laughs> Other jokes come to mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the NURB trial, I think, is something that should be watched. Um, I, I think it should be mandatory viewing. I mean, it was the first time that humankind had really ever had anything quite like that. And it's a yeah. fascinating. Real life movie. And Adam, if you're like me, you like to uh, step away from it all and enjoy some fiction, you know, some spaceships and some aliens. And
2: yeah, uh, I'm, I'm strat- huge into that.
1: Yep. Well, okay. But my point to that is to say that truth is stranger than fiction. So people oh, out there, if yeah. you enjoy your Lord of the Rings, if you enjoy your all that other stuff, That's great. You know, Dune, wonderful. That's a very good diversion. But if you want to see something really strange, check out real stories about real things that happen to real people, because I promise they're stranger than you could possibly imagine.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I follow that 100 percent. And, you know, Dune, great uh, Lord of the Rings. uh, I want to call it Board of the Rings. Um, Done with those guys. Yeah, the Tolkien thing I never got into, space stuff, I'm 100% in. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about Alec Baldwin, great actor. Didn't see Nuremberg going to watch it now. Um, listen, the guy killed somebody. Um <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. He killed somebody. He's a great actor. Did he know did he know what he was doing? No, he didn't because he's an actor. He he's not supposed to have a firearm. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can have uh, as as many uh safety checks as you can um something goes wrong, something goes wrong. Was it an accident probably, probably, but what if it wasn't an accident right there's there's that there's that part of my mind that says, what if that wasn't an accident? okay, so an actor killed somebody um, they make it look like an accident he says it was an accident. he's an actor, right Of course, we're gonna believe him because he's great at acting. if it wasn't an accident i and yeah, I mean, I could go down the rabbit hole here like so far down, but the woman that was killed was involved with the Clintons. End statement.
1: <laughs> uh, so it must have been an accident. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, he was executive producer, wasn't he?
2: He was the executive producer, yeah.
1: Okay, and do you know why they kept calling it a prop gun? It seems to me if you could put a bullet in something and shoot somebody, it's 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 a real gun. <laughs>
2: that's
1: that's yeah. the an
2: article right there you know (laughs) a a prop a prop gun a prop firearm is made of rubber um we we have them you know in the military for uh, various exercises and things like that for fema and they're made of rubber they they, it's a rubber gun and it 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 cannot take uh a powder charge Mm. So i don't know (laughs) you know
1: Well, it's, yeah, yeah, you're talking about the rabbit hole, and sort of getting back to epistemology, I'm not sure uh, who JFK, uh, who who killed JFK, okay? I don't know exactly why Building 7 fell to the ground. Right. And, uh, I mean, I certainly couldn't tell you how the universe started, because I wasn't there,
2: but there are people. I I know the answer, dolphins. Uh, What's that? Dolphins. That's how it started.
1: Well, that's as good as anything else. But, you know,
2: thanks thanks for
1: all... <laughs> physics videos and they'll explain in great detail uh, everything that happened in the first five seconds of existence as mm-hmm. if they were there. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who shot JFK. And I don't know uh, about COVID, but sort of to the point of the era that we are in if it was 20 years ago youtube twitter facebook nbc cnn all all singing from the same hymnal everybody and it's in the newspapers everybody would assume that's just correct and not really think about it however it's the information age you right. have alt media sites new media sites such as get <laughs> d live rumble um there's another one I was going to mention. Uh uh let me tell you a little story about one of my favorite YouTubers right now. Sure. If that's okay. So it goes with the discussion. Okay. Um uh my guy goes by the name of Salty Cracker. My guy over years developed a huge following on YouTube, just huge. Part of the reason is he would openly talk about things that are suspicious of the official story. And it doesn't take long to get called a conspiracy theorist. Anyway, um, as with everybody else posting uh, uh, and publishing information that isn't uh, consistent with that story, the YouTuber began getting strikes. So the YouTuber, Salty Cracker, Goes and discovers all these other media sites like Rumble, like DLive, like Gab. Right. And so now, now what this guy does on his uh, three week live streams, he'll do the first hour on YouTube and all of the sites. And after one hour, he shuts off YouTube and tells everybody, screw YouTube. If you want to know, <laughs> if you want like the, If you want to know what I think about about stuff you aren't allowed to talk about, join me over there. And he's been doing it. It works. He's been pulling people over. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Could you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that, like, I wanted to ask. Could you imagine uh, if uh, social media cell phones existed during the JFK assassination? Could you imagine how Uh different a spin this would have took?
1: Yeah, 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 it's 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 amazing to think about. But this day and age we have, um I learned there's something called the VAERS reporting system, you know, vaccine adverse reaction something something something. Oh, sure. Something you'll never ever see um you know on the CNN web crawl. They're happy to tell you uh they're happy to put up a number, have it in the corner all day long about how many people apparently <coughs> died of of covid mm. uh, they will never ever put up numbers on how many people have been uh, hurt or worse by this so called vaccine. They will never ever put that up there right. Anyone who might be hearing this message wherever you get your news from, if it is a major news outlet, chances are they have been forced to print. A retraction. And when someone has been forced to print a retraction, it automatically tells you a couple of things. One, they got it wrong in the first place. Two, they didn't just correct it when they found out they got the story wrong. And three, it took a judge to order them to publish a retraction. That's what you call a bad source of information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in the real estate appraisal world, you must have two reliable sources of information. Um, Yes. um, An original source and another that's there to back it up. Now, guess what? If the sources you're using have been known for publishing false information, that's not a reliable source of information.
2: Probably not. No, probably not. And I think most people would be
1: absolutely shocked to hear about their favorite news sources. Most people don't know that the Wall Street Journal is owned by China. Oh, that's that's a big one. That's a big one. Right. Oh, believe me, I love China and the Chinese people. I've always been amazed and impressed by the culture and the art and everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you have a situation, which happens every now and then in countries, you got one guy. That's got way too much power, and that that is where humanity suffers. That is where the quantity and quality of human life diminishes, where power is too centralized. You know what you want is a system of checks and balances
2: because that's how you keep the dictators out. Am I wrong You're not wrong uh, and here's the thing about checks and balances: we don't have them anymore. We don't have them. Uh, we, you know, every state has their own constitution within the United States. They have their own state constitution. Nobody knows that. Nobody abides by it, but it's a real thing. Now, and that's what the Convention of States preach. They preach this that if you don't realize what your rights are, you're just going to go along with the crowd. You're going to go along with the flock, and well, you may some- never know. You may never know that you were never you were never in the wrong.
1: You don't know that you don't know. Right. Something that a famous part, uh, or I should say, a famous legal decision that came out of the Nuremberg trials is that I was just following orders doesn't fly. Right. And it was uh I mean it really was fascinating. You saw the whole world come together to um fight this back. Apparently uh uh Truman uh picked one of our Supreme Court justices uh Jackson to be to basically put together the trial and also be the lead prosecutor Alec Baldwin uh, <laughs> any Nazis in that movie though you know he didn't <laughs> he didn't actually shoot anybody in that one um, but it's amazing Uh. Uh. what and we're sort of moving on to ethics I think because you know we do have our four major branches of philosophy epistemology ethics logic and metaphysics so so, the ethics in the information age, and specifically in 2021, uh, we learned a lot of interesting things about uh, people's ethics. Uh, and what is fair game? They will snitch on their friends and
2: family and neighbors and coworkers, kind of like you oh, said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing that <laughs> I've seen the most in this past year as i've seen people just fall to pieces over their beliefs that they prior had uh previously had excuse me and just the pride the pride before the fall just the pride before the fall and they're seeing they are seeing their choices live they're seeing uncle joe on TV, just lose all cognizant logic and reasoning. Live on TV, they're seeing it happen, and they're completely silent now. Now these these were the people. They were they were fighters. You know they were they were they were blue wave. You know um, ride or die, ride or die, ride or die Biden. You know, and now they're seeing the choices they made happen live. They're seeing everything unfold and they're completely silent. And these were the people. They were they were celebratory, you know? Oh, Joe won. Oh, you know? And they have yes. nothing, they have nothing to show for it.
1: It's well was tr- <laughs> convinced the grass was greener on the other side.
2: The grass was not greener.
1: And they're saying, how come gas is five dollars a gallon? Right? why is that you know and uh for as much as uh uh Biden promised you know it was uh, a failure of leadership at the top why things why uh, apparently the uh, the numbers of people died uh covid related that's another nice thing you know that's almost moving into logic but part of logic studies uh language, formal and informal fallacies, and it also studies, uh, which I've spoken about on this program before, something called a weasel word. Uh, uh, Logic also covers uh, the use of euphemisms, and every generation seems to have their own their own set of euphemisms but for some reason the current generation seems to be uh regard if you don't use today's current pronouns or euphemisms you are satan you are <laughs> yeah, sub-
2: right. hu- subhuman so, and- yes yeah, you are you are you no know, a third class citizen not even a second class citizen a third class citizen at that point right
1: well, yeah, the um, I mean, that's kind of how things were able to get done in Germany in the 30s, because this will blow your mind. I mean, they, of course, went after the Jews. One of the things they consistently said about the Jews, why they had to be treated that way, is because they were
2: diseased. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't they be right?
1: Of course. Right. And so so they're diseased and they're subhuman. and. This past year, all that stuff just seemed to it's starting to look a little too close like that to for for my tastes
2: yeah the 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 ride or die um vaccine i
1: don't think all of our listeners know uh, about what ride or
2: die was is so so that's like that's a that's a phrase that means you're you're all in or you're all out. That's what that means. You're all in or you're all out. So if I say, hey, I'm ride or die for this vaccine, that means if I'm talking to you, I'm saying if you don't have a vaccine, you do not exist anymore. You're not in my life. I'm never talking to you. Right. That's what that means. I
1: think if the Latin is persona non grata,
2: um, persona non grata. Exactly. Ride or die. Yeah.
1: Well, well, it sounds exactly like if you're not part of the problem, you're. If you're not part
2: of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right, right. And there's so many people like that today. So many people like that. Now, uh, I'll tell you now, I I got the vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson. I did. I got it. Uh, The one shot for the Army. And I have no problem. I have no problem with people that don't want to get it, people that just refuse to get it. because. They don't know what it is. They don't know how long it's going to last. They don't know if they have to get injections for the rest of their life. So I got it and I don't have any problem with people that didn't get it. But there are people out there that they will ride or die. You don't get the vaccine. You don't come in my restaurant. You don't get the vaccine. You don't talk to my you know, friend or whatever it is. Or you don't play at my club. And it's, it's like dividing that. up
1: family, it's dividing up friends, it's causing employees to separate from employers.
2: Right. And we see a lot of that in professional sports. Um, we've seen that. We've seen professional sports players there. say, I'm not getting the vaccine, or they'll lie and they said, I did get the vaccine. We can say, allegedly, the whole team comes down with COVID. So <laughs> we don't know, Right. We don't we don't know. We're not doctors. We're not there to test them.
1: Well, something uh, uh, another event in 2021, as you know, the uh, uh, the covid shot doesn't actually uh, give people immunity. So to solve that problem. um, They changed the definition of vaccine this summer.
2: They did. I didn't know that.
1: If you. Yeah, uh, a vaccine. And of course, I'm paraphrasing. But a vaccine is now something that stimulates your immune system, like, I guess, vitamin C is a vaccine now. OK, OK. But they changed the definition of the word. It no longer includes the the term immunity. And you can open up any something in print, grab yourself a dictionary encyclopedia um, that wasn't printed, uh, you know, in the second half of 2021. And read the definition of vaccine. So when. And I don't want to focus exclusively on that. Um, So so we've kind of talked about the epistemology. Um, How do we know? We know we've talked about the ethics of, Okay, here's a situation. Uh, Hypothetically speaking, uh, everybody I love. Is on board with the vaccine and. uh, I'm the only one who isn't hypothetically sure. Now I have seen and continue to see an ever growing mountain of evidence that concerns me. So ethically, how do I uh, interact with loved ones? And eventually it came down to look like a short little speech. If I don't say anything, I'm going to feel horrible forever. But, um, I have a lot of concerns. I'm happy to tell you more about it. I'm not going to argue with you. Just kind of put it like that. I need to I need to sleep at night.
2: So you know? yes. So yes. Uh and uh I, our listeners may not know this, but the state of Pennsylvania has a large large population of Amish and that's Pennsylvania Dutch. And mm-hmm. they are a very strict religious sect of Germanic people. Um and they don't know what COVID is. They don't know what it is. They've never got they've never got injected. They don't know what COVID is. None of them got COVID. None of them died. How is that possible? How is it possible?
1: Yeah, the Amish, the Amish community in Pennsylvania and also in Indiana, there's a large Amish population. And for anyone who's never heard of the Amish, it's actually. Kind of charming in its simplicity, basically, they don't use any technology that was developed after like seventeen hundred. They don't have telephones, they don't have electricity. Um, And it's kind of a I mean, it's. It's a very unique thing in the United States where at the beginning of the country there was this really unique thing where they said, You don't bother us, we don't bother you. (laughs) And somehow it 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 took. Who knows? Maybe they're actually running the world. Wouldn't that be
2: there is an X Files episode about that, but that's for a different time, yeah.
1: Okay, well okay, well let's also consider the homeless population. Sure. I mean, because when I first heard about the COVID and, uh, you know, for a short time, I was very, very scared, like most people. But I was
2: I was alarmed, you could say.
1: Well, I was thinking about, well, gosh, what about the homeless they are all crowded together in the worst possible living conditions in this country? And I also thought about, well, how about the next time we have a hurricane and they have to put. 5,000 people in a, a sports stadium together.
2: Well, that, that just happened. That happened in Kentucky, and it was a tornado.
1: Yeah. And how about all these college football games where um, everyone seems
2: fine? Are you talking about the college football games where they started the chant, Let's go, Brandon? <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Uh, yeah, yeah that, and nobody
1: knows where that comes from, by the way.
2: Yeah, not even the president. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, and if he doesn't know where it comes from, I guess no one does.
2: No one would know. No one would ever know. He's just uh, dumbfounded, baffled. That's okay. Yeah,
1: He's doing a great we'll,
2: job. He's doing
1: great. These things will never know. He's Hey, why did Building Seven fall in the where did that saying come from i'm I'm assuming it was purely spontaneous, really.
2: yeah, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? The world may never know, same with vaccines and boosters, the world may never know how many you're gonna need until you're fully immune. The world may never know says the owl from the Tootsie Pop commercial
1: ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh simpler times. <laughs>
2: The world may never know. But yeah, um, the Amish, um, they have no idea what's going on. Um, There's a large population of them in Ohio, okay? None of them have any idea what's going on. They don't know why we're wearing masks. They don't wear masks. They don't know why. (laughs) We were wearing them. They're very confused.
1: Well, I heard someone uh, say, well, they don't have COVID because they don't have TVs. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. They, they don't have information, so they don't have COVID, so they don't know. All right.
1: They, uh, I mean, all of the, uh, I mean, I mean, the word is fear porn, and I think yeah. we're, I think we're okay to say that. Mm-hmm. There was. I may have already uh, shared this with you, but I recently came across, and go ahead and fact check, and who knows if it's even true or not. So, okay, but.
2: There's, there's no such thing as a fact checker. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> so so it, it basically went like this in uh, the 50s. I think the KGB did experiments where. They took a group of people and if for two months. They made people absolutely fearful of whatever it doesn't or whoever, it doesn't matter. Right. After two months. No amount of reasoning would convince them that this harmless thing was harmless. This, they've permanently wired through their amygdala, like your fight or flight response, you know, they've permanently wired into their amygdala after just two months, Uh, just how terrifying something might be. And it might be something as, I mean, it could be anything benign. It doesn't matter what. Uh, It could be a beach ball. You know, you might say, oh, every year, like tens of thousands of people die from beach balls and dangerous this and (laughs) chemicals that causes accident on roadways and uh, causes drownings. And, you know, and I mean, if you pounded that into someone's head uh, every day for two months and then showed them a beach ball, they would flip out. Right, right. And so that's sort of permanent psychological conditioning that. Certainly seems like we got going on here.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, I, that's that's a hundred percent. That's an agree right here. Yeah. Oh,
1: um, and I want to give some hope, um, because some people who have been weary for the last two years or so. I found an inspirational quote. It said, uh, "The hardest part of two weeks to flatten the curve is the first two years." <laughs> so we're almost there everybody. Okay, we're almost there. They keep saying we almost got it licked We just need it like uh a couple more shots, maybe a daily pill. Oh
2: uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah,
1: the pills, yeah. Something like that. Uh well, you volunteered your your information. Uh I I I am part of the control group. I am a contrarian. And as I've mentioned on the show before, I Um, Santa Claus was explained to me as a myth. (laughs) So some people say, oh, that's too bad. You never got to believe. And I'm like, well, let me tell you what it was like. I go to kindergarten and all the other kids and the teachers and the principal. And in fact, every adult in my life would say Santa Claus is coming. You know, I'd be like, no, you're full of shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That I didn't say that when I was in kindergarten, but what I got to experience over the coming two, three, four, five years is everybody slowly sort of coming to terms with that falsehood. And it's still not popular, even with my uh, online friends who believe in truth and think there has been a big lie. You know, people recoil at Santa Claus and still think it's special. Mm, So. for what it is, but I'm just going to throw that out there that says, I really don't fall for things um like this. And I am all too well accustomed to know that the entire world will lie to you. Right. You know, in most cases, it was people's parents and their every family member and their uh, everyone at their church, everyone
2: in their baseball team, you know. So, uh, uh, like, I I get that because I I'm the most skeptical person I know of everything. I'm talking about I'm talking about ghosts. I'm talking about religion and whatever you want to be skeptical about. You know, whatever UFOs, I, like I because I I'm a science guy, right? So I know that we're everything, not not just us. Everything is made out of atoms, right? And if you think about it, since atoms can't touch, they cannot touch, right? You never actually touch anything and nothing ever touches you. So that's, that's a brain squirm right there. Right. So yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's just so much that we don't know and so much to be skeptical about to accept something as truth because somebody told you to me is insane
1: well it's it's the information age, and you have no excuse for uh for being underinformed. you know if you've been lied to, I feel terrible for you. I really do i think I think that's a form of abuse lying to people, you know because you set them up for this whole thing where they probably shouldn't trust you anymore, and someday they're going to figure out that that they've been lied to, and people make plans based on what you say, which is one of the horrible things about lying somebody might lie to me about event x so i take 4 hours of my life preparing for event x only to find out that event x isn't going to happen well that's 4 hours of my life right i can't trust you you know and so so just because you have a uh, the world's most expensive cameras and tv sets if what you're telling me doesn't check out I'm going to see you for what you are. I'm going to call you out. And and the reason I, I don't do Facebook anymore is because they were bad and they know what they did. <laughs> bad dog. <laughs> well, and I have choices. It's almost 2022 here. You know, if it was 20 years ago, I mean, did they have MySpace? They have MySpace? I, I, I can't remember. But, I mean, it used yeah. to be MySpace was the only game in town. Or, and then a couple of years later, they're like, well, there's a professional one called LinkedIn. And then you find out, well, there's a, uh, a better social one, apparently, called yeah. Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook now, Andy. You got to ditch that MySpace profile. Right. And so that's, right. um, but now, years and years later, you've got a choice. If you want to learn something, go and find out. And if you really, um, Oh, geez, we didn't talk about metaphysics.
2: Uh, all right.
1: <laughs> Shit. How stuff works, you know. Yeah. You see that metaphysics is. How does how did this happen? How does stuff work? So how did we get to this point? It's I'd say it's impossible to say for sure how we got to this point other than let's look to what we know about human nature. Human nature tells us that. Some people have zero empathy. That's another thing that came up in the movie Nuremberg. Oh, the yeah. army a top psychologist talking to all of these um, Nuremberg defendants. And he said, I define evil as a lack of empathy. You know, just saying, oh, well, um, that's what they told me, or I was just following orders. Does that truly absolve you? Well, it didn't in Nuremberg. And nineteen
2: forty six no it didn't and there there is a, a a dark path in the mind that can be completely uh eradicated from a person, you know what I mean once they get to the point of uh, a, a rewards system right so you take for instance say all right say uh i'm 'm a famous doctor right, and I am just giving out information that I know isn't true. But somebody's paying me. There's a reward system, and people are believing that. Now people are believing what I'm saying, because I was told to say that. Now there's a rewards-based system. So I'm a good dog, right? I'm a good dog. So I get my treat. I think you know what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Sure. I recently learned that the biggest fine ever paid by any United States company was Pfizer in 2008 for bribing doctors
2: hmm
1: it's $2.8 billion more than any bank more than any uh, uh anyone in Silicon Valley so I I I encourage you all it's the information age I know you like your Facebook I know you like your Twitter but don't take them for reliable sources of information you have the entire internet at your fingertips. This is unimaginable. Can you imagine what Isaac Newton or what Nikola Tesla or what um uh Galileo could have done with what you have, what they could only barely imagine. So everybody, I really encourage you to find sources that you can trust. There's so there's new ones every day. You'll find ones that you like, you'll find personalities. They cover the stories you like you, and, and get you information you need. And you can fact check and you can see if other people are saying the same thing. And very quickly, very quickly, you realize uh, uh, certain people are full of crap.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. One thing, one more thing I want to touch upon is extremism Everything is extremist now. OK, so the Punisher from, uh, I guess, DC Comics, I think is DC Comics. His logo is now considered an extremist logo. Right. This is a comic book character and his skull is considered an extremist logo because it was used by people. That supported Republicans. And that that might sound like otherworldly, but that really happened. So now it's considered extremist by the government, the Punisher logo. If you're wearing it, if it's on your car, if it's a sticker, if it's on your truck, it's considered extremist, right? The Blue Lives Matter flag, where it's the American flag with a thin blue line, considered mm-hmm. extremist, considered extremist. So How? How? Did the government consider these things to be extremist, right? And everything is now, right? If you're in a club, right, you're uh, not a a dance club, but if you're in a club that you're a member of and you as a citizen, right, you have your gun clubs that you go to and there's a firing range and, you know, you go and you, you fire your firearms in the firing range. That's extremist. Why? Why is that extremist? Well, I think, uh, I think gun clubs are a good place for gun
1: training. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume Alec Baldwin never took any real gun
2: training. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. For the labeling. (laughs) I mean, I mean, the whole time they're talking about defund the police thinking, Well, if we're not going to bother enforcing our laws, I guess we there's no point in passing any new ones, is there? So I guess we I guess we should do away with Congress because what's the point of passing laws? You have no intention of enforcing.
2: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So I guess we don't need courts anymore. We don't need jails anymore. You know. Big old free for all. So and it's. I think it's pretty apparent that it
2: there's no logic to it. Um, so uh, you have to ask yourself, what 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 classifies, what qualifies, what classifies and what qualifies as being extremist, right? Is it a picture? They said Pepe the Frog is an extremist symbol, a cartoon well,
1: frog. It, it's about categorizing, and if I can put you in this category, you being in that category now um, means a lot of other things can happen to you, and so maybe now we see you as something less than human. Therefore, um, I can do whatever I want. And another good quote: I, geez, I wish I knew who said it first. Maybe impossible to find out. But the worst atrocities in human history have been committed by people who were sure they were doing the right thing. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I know it looks awful, but in, and, and that sort of gets back to our deontological ethics or teleological ethics. When you might ask, um, someone in, uh, the first, the second, the fourth, Reich, I don't know either one, anyone pick pick one, but um
2: pick a right,
1: yeah, say, yeah, I know those are your orders, but what are the outcomes, what are the teleological, ethical implications? What are the outcomes of what you're about to do? Hey, that's not my concern, my concern is just to carry out this order. What happens happens, you know that's i i'm I'm absolved ethically. From what comes next or what the. I'm
2: completely. Of,
1: you know,
2: what I, yeah, uh, Washing uh, the feet. Yeah.
1: Yes. I am operating from purely deontological ethics where I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to. And I'm told I'm absolved of any ethical outcomes. And that drives a lot of people to. Do what they do, I think, and. Who knows
2: what's going to come for next year? Any predictions? 2022. Uh, well, I I've got one and I think everybody knows what I'm going to talk about. There's going to be another virus. It's not going to be this one. It's going to be a different one, a scarier one, right? And this one is going to require a lot of more vaccines. I think it's going to be a lot more lockdowns and Yours truly, and the National Guard is going to be locking it down. So uh, there's going to be a lot of um, ID checking. There's going to be a lot of vaccine pass checking. I I don't know. I have these ideas that this is just going to go sideways really fast. Now, on the other side of the coin, there's that complete different right multiverse thing that could happen. And that is that it all goes completely away, completely away. And everything goes back to the way it was, like it never happened. So that's another possibility. So I'm kind of in the middle with this could go 50-50 in either direction. But whatever direction it goes into, it's going to be 100% in that direction.
1: Well, uh. Okay, that's that's uh, a very interesting uh, prediction. We'll, we'll have to see what happens, and I think you may be right. Something I noticed, and just uh, one or two quick parting thoughts. One, uh, I've noticed that uh, satire has become reality lately. Uh, for 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 example, back in the spring there was a or the summer there was a satire art article that said Kamala Harris's poll numbers are. Uh, lower than ever, and she's going to ask Hillary Clinton how to improve things. <laughs> it was satire, but it just happened like a week ago. So you tell me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, but the other um, mostly unrelated development <clears throat> is that the people who have been canceling have to a certain degree turned into a bit of a Circular firing squad oh yeah,
2: oh yeah,
1: last Jake cigarette yeah was was huh. kind of a hero for a while, and then uh you know she attempt uh her her cancellation efforts i guess went underway, and there are many many examples of people that uh a year and a half ago were all on the same team, but it's been a year and a half, and none of these backs are getting scratched. And so there's a certain amount of infighting amongst the enemies of America, in my opinion, my
2: sense. That's that's a good sense. And if our listeners never read the Dr. Seuss book, The Star-Bellied Sneetches, I suggest you do. Uh, amazing. Says, amazing you, know, you know what I mean? You've read the book, The Star-Bellied Sneeches, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you want to summarize for the audience or should I? You can. OK, so you got these sneeches that live on the beaches and some of them have big stars on their bellies and some of them don't. OK, they had stars upon stars. So, so one day guy comes into town, goes up to some of them sneeches without stars on their bellies and says, hey, man, I think you probably want a star in your belly, wouldn't you? Be like. Yeah, I really I've, I've always wanted a star on my belly. And so uh, he has this machine. He sends them through, puts a star in their belly. So the people that originally had a star in their belly, they see this happening. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want to be confused with those guys. And the guy's like, well, you know, for just a few bucks, I can remove your star. <laughs> and um, am I getting this right, Adam?
2: you are getting this absolutely right and this is the exact tempo we are in America right now
1: that's a that's a beautiful analogy i love it and so 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 what's the end result what's the upshot what's the teleolo- teleology here well guy pulls into town convinces them they're unhappy takes all their money drives off with all their money and now everybody's mad at each other is that kind of Oh, is that your invitation?
2: <laughs> yes. Dr. Seuss is right now happening. Dr. Seuss, the star-bellied snitches is happening right now.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know if we're going too long, but it occurred to me that, you know, uh, and I was happy to share this with my child. I said, you know, Hitler wasn't German. You know, he was an outsider. And Che Guevara wasn't from Cuba. He was an outsider. And if you look at at least half of the major deadly revolutions that have taken place, it was because somebody rolled up on the sneeches and told them that uh there's your situation's horrible. You better do what I do and it's and pay me. And right. uh you know. You have an ethical responsibility um, more for being informed more so than a generation ago. Listeners, uh, please check out Brave Search if you want better search results. You know, there's new and improved out there. It's second generation or if you want to say third generation, the information is out there for you. So don't believe me at all. Check anything and everything that 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 you hear on this podcast. You have that power. It's at your fingertips. We got these phones. We got these computers. So your position on anything must be a little more informed than that ain't the way I heard it. So no. and that's probably where I should uh I should leave it. Um Adam, um I'd love to hear any uh um any additional thoughts you might have.
2: So yeah, um once again, listeners, I want you to Research the book, The Star-Bellied Sneetches, and see what that means to you, and see if that makes sense to you and what's happening in this day and age. And I'm talking about cancel culture. I am talking about politics. I'm talking about everything. It's a children's book. It's a children's book. But it will make sense to you. Read the book. At least look at it. And I uh, definitely want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to the network uh, over the years. And if you like what you hear, I'm going to ask you right now to donate to the show because it definitely helps us keep the lights on, helps keep these great programs coming to you. And you can donate at www.paypal.me forward slash steel plaza podcast. We definitely appreciate your donations uh, every time we get them. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure we give you a shout out when we get the donation from you. Also, check out the other shows on the network. The Darkest Corners of the World is always great. Fran's Fallout Shelter, check that out, as well as Andy's Philosophy Corner, which we are now on. Thanks so much, listeners. Back to you, Andy. All right.
1: Thanks so much, Adam. Uh, My fellow listeners, Remain inspired, okay? Because we don't want to doom over here. Do what you got to do. When it gets to be a little too much, step away from it. Sure, watch a little Game of Thrones. Step away from it when you need to, because the last two years have been very, very hard on every single human being alive. So thank you so much for your time and for your attention. Again, what Adam said, uh, you know, the show's is expensive, but it isn't free either. So please consider donating. Thank you so much. And uh, this has been Andy's Philosophy Corner 2021 Year in Review.